Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Russ M., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Pennsylvania. Today is Friday, June 18th, 2020. We're reading from the big book Alcoholics Anonymous. We're in How It Works, and we are on page 65, and we're going to read the um, third and fourth examples of resentments, my employer and my wife. And then we read the paragraph we went through our lives, completing it on page 66, our moments of triumph were short-lived. Okay, today's readers are, we have Loretta H. for the step, 12 steps, Davlin E. for the 12 traditions, our first readers, Elena C., 164 will be Lauren N. and our backup readers, Joni C. And Jason K. is our newcomer greeter. Devoras is our second hour moderator. The reference number for Thursday, June 17th, 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting was 17,168. So it's 17168. The 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 17,169-17169. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting or accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive, compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA and those who still suffer. Our sole purpose Always fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive reader who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and a practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Loretta H. to read the 12 steps. Russ and everybody who does service on this line, thank you very much. And everyone who's on this line who saves my life every day. Loretta H. recovered from North Carolina. Here are the steps we took. One, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 
10 continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. 11 thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive readings and to practice these principles in all our affairs and Thank you for letting me do service and blessings for the day. Thank you, Loretta. Now I will ask Davon E to read the 12 traditions. Good morning, everyone. My name is Davon E, and I am a compulsive eater living in Manitoba, Canada. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service organizations may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for the opportunity to give service. Thank you, Russ, for your service, and may you all have a serene and joyful day. Pass. Thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your share to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what we read. We are sharing what the directions are in the big book, uh, what they mean to us. I'm sorry about that. To share, press star one to unmute. 
Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book and how it works on page 65. And we're going to read the final two examples, my employer and my wife, followed by the last paragraph on the page. We went back through our lives, through our moments of triumph were short-lived at the top of page 66. I will ask Elena C. to read this passage. Good morning, everyone. Uh, And thank you, Ross, for your service work. Um, My name is Elena C. Gratefully Recover in Greer, South Carolina. My employer, unreasonable, unjust, overbearing, threatens to fire me for drinking and setting my ex expense account. And it affects my self-esteem fears and it affects my security. My wife misunderstands and nags, likes brown, wants house put in her name. It affects my pride, personal sex relations, security, and fear. We went back to our lives. Nothing counted but thoroughness and honesty. When we were finished, we, con- we considered it carefully. The first thing apparent was that this world and its people were often quite wrong. To conclude that others were wrong was as far as most of us ever got. The usual outcome was that people continued to wrong us and we stayed sore. Uh, sometimes it was a remorse and then we were sore at ourselves. But the more we fought and tried to have our own way, the worse matter got. As in a war, the victor only seemed to win. Our moments of triumph were short-lived. That's a very good paragraph, and it speaks to me because, you know, my attitude, because before coming here was, um, that's how I was doing this stuff, um, well, you know, um, excuse me, I'm so sorry that you are the way you are. And that was my, the way I made amends. And, um, you know, and resentment, I learned in the program, there poison that I drink, hoping that you will die. And uh, clearing myself up from this nagging feelings. Resentments are, uh, means, Resentment is to feel again, is feeling that can come and come again and surface again. And, you know, I carry them all of my life. And um, the only thing I knew to say to people, sorry, that being for the way you are, you know, and I'm very, very grateful for this program. When I did the last time I did my step four and my resentment, I had my family over, and I was in a very difficult um, family dynamic that I had a big part in. And, um, you know, just all of that came out. And I was, I I remember talking to my sponsor, and I was sobbing. And um, because, because of a lot of feelings that I was feeling, and it was, it just came in the right time. 
And then it came on the time when I had to just, um, you know, this is why I'm feeling this. And um, she understood. She understood everything. Um, And, you know, it's also true. The more we thought I tried to have our own way, the worse matters got. Human beings, when I try to have an action towards them, Based on resentment, they retaliated against. And no matter what it was, that's always the truth. Um, Or they retaliated by simply disappearing. And um, But because of this program, and after I cleaned my house, I can now say that I am free of resentment. And um, when they come, I can be very alert. And I can recognize them for what they are and call one of my God squad and one person. And I will never be judged. And I'm very, very grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Elena. We're going to open up the line for Sharon now. So although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day in order that others might have the opportunity to share their experience too. So if you share it on uh, Wednesday or Thursday, please step back. All right, we're gonna open up these lines. Take it easy on me. <laughs> Who's up? Who wants to share? Melissa C. Loretta H. Loretta. Who else? Phil M. Phil Phil. M. Maureen L. Maureen. Carrie Jean. Carrie. Anyone else? Take a couple more. We got ample time. All right, we'll just take this list. Melissa. What was that again? One more time. Dawn S. Uh, Dawn, all right. Okay, that's a pretty good list. So, we have Melissa C., Loretta H., Phil M., Maureen, I didn't catch your first initial, and Carrie the same, and then Dawn S. And we'll get it as we go. So, Melissa, you're up. Hey, thanks, Ross. Thanks for your service this morning. Um, my name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York, and... You know, what always grabs me is, um, yeah, they're wrong, right? I mean, it says it right here. It's like there's proof. The the rest of the world, you know, to conclude that others were wrong, um, that the world and its people are often quite wrong. And I lived, see, here's my problem as the addict. Um, I live in a state where I see the wrongs of other people, like neon signs, like with, you know, big arrows pointing at it, like um, problem here, needs to be fixed, need to change it, you know, um, need to get my way. And, okay, yep, the world and its people are often quite wrong. And I have no problem, like, when I look at this, the inventory here, right, we can look at this and I kind of laugh thinking, um, so he's pissed off at his boss 
Um, clearly, he's drinking on the job and he's padding his expense account, right? Can't see my wrong with my boss, by the way. I don't see at all where I could be a pain in the butt as an employee, right? Um, or for my colleagues. I only think, like, why are they, you know, why are they doing what they're doing? They're wrong. I have no ability to see my own part normally. Um, and, and with the spouse as well, you know. Um, and so, okay, the world and its people are often quite wrong. And, um, but I have to live in a state where, um, you know, we have a code in this program. Um, and we don't really know it so much yet in our fourth step, but we're going to find it out. And that code has to be tolerance. It's got to be love and it's got to be tolerance. And it's not right and wrong. It's not win and lose. It's not get my own way. Um, What I found out is that, um, you know, it says here that um, the more we try to have our own way, the worse matters got. And what I found out is that I need to um, stop having a way. That's really the solution for me. It's, I've got to detach from, from my way, and I recognize that my perspective is just a perspective. It's not a fact, and the rest of the world is entitled to their perspective. And they, by the way, everyone else thinks their perspective is a fact, too. And so I need to tolerate that, and I need to have love in, in, for that. Um, you know, this list is, if I just stop where they're wrong and I fail to see, like, the next part, what my part is, I'm going to live in a state where I'm never going to win. I'm always going to be unhappy. And um, we have, whoop, there's my timer, we have much better than that to offer in this program. Thanks. With that, I'll pass. Thanks, Melissa. Next up is Loretta H. Followed by Phil M. Good morning, Loretta. Good good morning, Russ, and everybody on this line who saved my life. Loretta H., compulsive reader, recovered with God's grace and mercy today. Uh, the, The usual outcome was that people continued to wrong us and we stayed sore. Sometimes it was remorse, and then we were sore at ourselves, the blame game. Uh, This program has taught me that I don't blame, I don't shame, and I don't complain. What I do do is claim, and this is the step where I was paralyzed because it was everybody else's fault, and I never got over that. And somebody shared a meaning, and also that I want to be the center of attention with my drama. You know, I am the greatest. My husband has called me Sarah for my whole marriage because I am a Sarah Bernhardt. You know, I believe my own propaganda. I do things that are just out of whack and don't understand why I do it. But neither do other people, and I hurt them. And I'm paralyzed because what I'm doing is I'm actually eating at them which is why I ate. I'm eating at them. And today, with God's grace and mercy, the structure steps and uh, where I am, I don't have to be like that. And my 11th step, is, it was previously, love and tolerance is my code. And today, if I can be part of God's corrective directives, which is looking at my part, continue to take 
personal, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it, then I can bring that love into because now I'm finding out what God's part is. And last night at a meeting, somebody shared this, and this is me in a nutshell, and I loved it. When I go to a wedding, I want to be the bride. And when I go to a funeral, I want to be the corpse. Because that's how important I think I am. And that's how right I think I am. And with God's grace and mercy, I don't have to be Sarah Bernhardt anymore. I don't have to be the corpse or the bride. All I do is have to be who God wants me to be. And that's what it says on 158. When I found God, I actually got to find myself. And it's working these steps. If we're painstaking at this phase, we will be amazed before we're even here where I realized I was paralyzed and that I was eating at myself. And that's what I actually did because I have anorexia. So, and today I don't have to eat at you or eat at me anymore. I have God's grace and mercy to protect me. And I have all you guys to talk about this in a loving, tolerant way. No blame, no shame, just Claim. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Loretta. Next up is Phil M. Followed by Maureen. Star one, Phil. Sorry, Russ. I thought I had. Um, my name. Thank you for your service. Uh, my name's Phil. I live in Northern Ireland and I'm a grateful recovered compulsive overeater. And um, yeah, when uh, the first time I went through the steps was in 2012 and I heard the words I had to be thorough and fearless. Um, and I did this, I did it out in this way uh, with, the, with the columns. And I ended up with two A4 full Scott books. It took me months to do it uh, and also to procrastinate about not doing it. So it was like wading through mud. It really was up to my oxters um, armpits. <laughs> and um, I, I developed serious resentment towards the program, towards God. And I remember thinking there has to be a more humane and efficient way to do this. And thank God in 19... Uh, 2019, I found vision, and um, I had to, two weeks to do step four. So I was very grateful to vision, and thank God um, for it. So now every day, uh, my step four has become step ten because that's where I am in the program, ten, eleven, and twelve. And I do steps every day with uh, a new partner every two weeks, and I learn something from each and every one, and I'm so grateful to them. I have permission to share one of my favorite resentments um, that I heard from a, a partner and it was that she resented her dog. And I was fascinated. Why was she resenting the dog? Because it insisted on in acting like a dog. And that did make me laugh. It made me laugh a lot. But it, there was a lot of wisdom in it because I actually realized that that is exactly why I'm resenting anyone. Because they are acting like themselves. Um, so as time goes on, I'm learning to accept myself more, flaws and all, and therefore it's easier to accept others with their flaws. You know, learning to embrace and dance with the shadow, because it'll always be there. And also what I'm learning, and I'm so grateful to 
be much less in need of validation from other people outside. I get enough of that from my higher power, whom I call Flo, um, one of my names anyway, for my higher power. And that's a real joy because other people are just a wee bit too busy to give Phil uh, that validation. And they could never give me the right kind of validation. And they could never give me enough validation. So everybody else is off the hook. And with that, I'll pass. And thank you all for being on this road of happy destiny with me. Thank you, Phil. So before we take Maureen, to let you know if you hopped on a little later, page 65, uh, we're reading, last two examples of the inventory, my, my employer, my wife, the following paragraph up through page 66 and ending our moments of triumph for short lived. Maureen, you are up. I got to catch the first initial of your last name. I didn't do that. Hi, this is Maureen L. from Acton, Massachusetts. Uh, I awesome. assume I can be heard. Okay, good. Yeah, we got you. Um, I am so, I'm walking my dog, who's acting like a dog. I really appreciate the last share because I wish he'd stop smelling things, but he's acting like a dog. So thank you. Um, and thank you for everybody doing service. So I started, and everyone just listening, being here for each other. I when I um, started working with a colleague five years ago, I, it, it this 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 part of the blue book was so incredibly helpful because when I met her, I thought, wow, she is so annoying. You know, she's loud, she's self-referential, she always wants to be the star of the party, and she's essentially me. Like we are eerily similar, and I would have spent the last five years critiquing her and being annoyed by her and um, being in competition with her to get the spotlight. But because of the blue book, I, I was just in program. I was just able to kind of turn it back to me most of the time. And when I was triggered by her, I just think, you know, this is everything I don't like about myself. And I, she didn't have any disorder, but thank God I do because I can get some insight into how I might be responding in the world and how maybe I could present myself in a softer and perhaps uh, kinder or quieter way. And that isn't to cast aspersions on her. It's just to say and be reminded that when I'm bothered by something or somebody, it's really what I am bothered about in myself. And if I take the focus off them and back to me, then peace will come. And as it turns out, um, fast forward now five years, and it's the middle of May, and I have four children. I was diagnosed with breast cancer. And it turned out, okay, I have radiation. I don't need chemo. Surgery was successful. I'm in it. And I'm going to end this with all of my body parts and all my hair and, um, and, and vertical. So it's all good. But she, uh, two weeks later, was diagnosed with colon cancer. We're both moms. We both have kids. We both have full-time jobs. Both scared as anything, uh, waiting for pathology reports. I was an enormous support to her. She was an enormous support to me. We were walking essentially on the same path through the surreal and scary. And because of the program and because I did not spend the last five years in competition with this woman, but just kind of accepting and valuing her for who she was and learning myself who I could be and should be, then we, I think, were a gift to each other in a time when, believe me, you really need that kind of gift. So I'm just so grateful that there's another way to live. And I never would have been able to access that kind of thinking if I didn't have this problem with food and how that's related. I have no idea, 
but it is, and that's who I am. And my eating disorder is as big a part of me as the freckles on my face, not going anywhere. But I have a chance to live in recovery and kind of this, in this really spiritual way where I'm connected with other people and with my higher power in a way that's powerful and, and leads so much joy. So thank you, and I pass. And I, and I just wish everyone just such a wonderful day. Thank you so much. Thank you, Maureen. Next up is Carrie. And I didn't get the first initial of your last name. I'm slacking. I, I'm sorry. Carrie Jean. Hi. Can everybody hear me okay? What's, so it's Carrie Jean. What's the first initial of your last name? Oh, it, it's Carrie B, but in my home group, um, there are a lot of Carries. And there's like a Carrie E. And, they, you know, they – so I want to go gotcha. with my um, middle name is my – yeah. So anyhow, nope. but – for, no problem. For um, for this passage, uh, it's so funny because I'm actually um, in a lineage. I, th- I think it's three generations above me, lawyers, and um, and and that's something I've always been kind of proud of. To be honest, is that you know I can really make a good case. I can make a good argument, and um, yeah, I never thought that I was like you know arguing. I thought I'm just explaining why I'm right and what's wrong with people that they can't just, they can't, you know, maybe if I just put it this way or, you know, just, I cannot drop it. Um, That's how I've lived my life on so many things. And uh, resentment has always been a huge just um, excuse that I've used to to turn to the food. And, um, and it's just, I mean, these defects of character that I've clung onto have just completely, just destroyed not I mean forget just the overeating um and compulsive overeating and the inability to put it down once I've started down that path but but when I think about what I've done with friendships what I've done with um I mean clearly in my marriage and you know with my kids and and all of that and I'm just so humbled to see um the magnitude and so grateful, so grateful for this program. I'm so grateful that I am a compulsive overeater because honestly, I mean, and it's very recently that I've really committed to, um, you know, sending my plan to my sponsor the night before and then sticking to it, um, you know, just by God's grace. But it's, it's just been so humbling, you know, I mean, even like a few weeks ago was my birthday and, and I just, forgot I missed I messed up and I didn't eat something I'd committed to in the morning and I let her know at lunch I figured it out and I'm so at lunch I'm like hey I want to swap this I really wanted to have kiwi I want to swap it for the afternoon I've, I've I said I'd do an apple for my afternoon snack and she's like nope nope that's not how it works and I was like what do you mean you know it was so humbling I was like it's my birthday like me you know I just was so hung up on that and and um and it, it it just is amazing to me how much I have to just let that all go and just be like I'm I'm not I don't have the answers. I don't know this. I really need to trust the program, do what my sponsor says. Um and uh and it's it's been humbling and I I hope well, I do have hope. I've got hope in that um my higher power is bigger then my character defects is bigger than my stubbornness. And uh, this this paragraph really resonated. So with that, I'll pass. Thanks, everyone. 
Thanks, Gary. Appreciate it. Next up is Dawn S. And then we're going to take a nice list after this. Take another list. Good morning. This is Dawn S. And I'm really grateful to be back on the call. Um, I had a concussion. Um, I fell over like Godzilla at the end of a movie. And um, it's been three months. And I still haven't gotten over it. And my resentment comes in over being injured and um, with the headaches. And I had, I still have like, the nausea um, and irritability um, and the confusion, noise bothered me. Um, and I couldn't handle being on the meeting even just for a few minutes because I would get a headache from the noise. And um, I lost my abstinence um, because of the resentment. Um, it started out slowly um, so that I could eat whatever uh, I could tolerate without losing it. And um, and then it's just grown and grown and grown into, oh, I need to eat X because it'll make me feel better because I'm um, sick, right? Um so I'm grateful to be back um, and to listen to your words of wisdom. And um, <laughs> when someone was saying that they, her husband called him Sarah, <laughs> my mother used to call me Marie Antoinette because I couldn't imagine anyone not doing what I wanted. Um, and I couldn't imagine not being adored by everyone. Um, and uh, uh, that, and I resented everyone else who couldn't live up to that. Um, and well, my dog's all over me. So we'll talk about the dog because the resentment of the dog insisting on being a dog. Um, I've had to learn that my dog is not misbehaving. He's a, a, a tree and walker hound. And so he trees, squirrels and raccoons and all kinds of things. So he's a hunting dog. Um, and you know, realize that he's not misbehaving. He's just being himself. And there's a beauty in um, watching him um, do his job when he's out, you know, off leash and stuff. But um, he's, you know, he has a whimsical nature. Um, and he's just doing what he's bred for. And I have to use those qualities um, to adapt my training program with him. Um, I've had dogs. I'm 55. I had dogs before I was born, and I have never had any trouble training any dogs. Um, but a hound is a new thing for me, and um, you know I just have to, without resenting him for being a dog, um, let him show me the way to best serve him. And I think that um, that's taught me a big lesson with with humans <laughs> and uh, and with nature, like. Thank you, um, and I'll pass. Thank you, Dawn. So we're going to open up the lines for sharing again. We're on page 65 and how it works. I'm going to read the last two examples in the resentment inventory of my employer and my wife, the following paragraph through up to our moments of triumph were short-lived on page 66. And if you shared in the past two days, uh, please step back that uh, others might have a chance to share their experience, too. So who would like to share? 
This is Ruven I would be share. Kim A. Royce S. Ruve, uh, Royce. Ah, Neb. Kathy C. Loretta H. Sandy C. Leslie W. Uh, Leslie. I think that's good list for now. Um, is it Ruben? Was that Ruben? The first one. So I got Ruben, Royce, Chuck, and Kathy, and Leslie. So you're up, Ruben. Star one. Hi, this is Ruvain, Recovering Compulsive Operator. Thank you. Um, Yeah, I um, appreciated the reading on resentments and... um, inventory um i was thinking this morning about how uh, when i first started away in in a long time ago 1988 i remember that i had two years of abstinence and then i picked up the food and um i uh, was extremely resentful um and i acted out of resentment um the sponsor that i had at the time i was thinking this morning about how we're really working the first three steps, but we didn't work any other steps. Um, and for whatever reason, um, I wasn't able to hear. Uh, I wasn't ready to hear um, the message of the rest of the steps. Um, and um, um, it wasn't presented to me in the way that I, that I, that I could. I, could, I didn't hear it. That was the basic thing but anyway. So, um, and then I didn't stay uh, abstinent. I struggled with the abstinence. Um, um, one of the things that I'm liking in, in the meeting is the identification with um, um, working the steps and the program going okay, and then having medical complications come up um, and using the resentment there or also for me to you know, just not wanting to feel what I was feeling. I had a bone marrow transplant, um, intensive chemotherapy, hated the um, way my body felt, and it's much better now, but still don't like it, but I'm abstinent today, and um, um, and I was unwilling to stay abstinent, uh, wanted some sort of release, and food was my get- go-to. Um, um, so I'm appreciating... Um, uh, being able to identify with the struggle um, that there is no, it's not magic, um, it's work. And um, and I, I can't uh, predict the future. Uh, I know that this minute and what I'm doing and how I'm working my program and I'm on this meeting and I'm sharing um, and how I'm using the steps today um, and I cannot guarantee anything for tomorrow. Um, there just is no guarantees. I can only uh, do what I'm doing right now. Um, and I guess that sometimes brings up resentment when I hear people somehow talk and like, I have this down and I will be fine and I will never pick up. Um, I guess I need to do something with that resentment because I've learned that um, never say never to anything. Um, we don't know what the future is going to bring our way. Um, so anyway, I'm glad to be sharing, glad to uh, be a part of the meeting, uh, glad to be in recovery, and um, 
you know, I am restored to sanity or um, and a better way of life because of the 12 steps in this program and the fellowship of the 12 step fellowship. Thank you for letting me share. Thanks, Ruby. Next up is Royce and followed by Chuck K. Uh, Royce, I didn't get the first initial of your last name. Um, F. Okay. Oh, this is Royce Ann. I got it. I got it. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. You are up. Thank you. Um, thank you for your service. Um, good morning, everybody. Um, Royce Ann F. from New Orleans, um, recovered for today, compulsive overeater, eater, bulimic, and restrictor. Um, so I love this part about resentment. Um, and in a few lines back, it says resentment was the biggest offender. And it says um, they were burned up. And I think about that when something's really bothering me. Something really stole my joy yesterday for several hours. Um, and um, it, it was, maybe some of you can relate. Um, it was a, a platform uh, where parents communicate about my daughter's basketball team. And one of the parents um, in particular and her husband do a very attention-seeking thing. And when we're planning for these tournaments, they're talking about alcohol and going on and on about um, just saying things. And this is where the, the coach communicates with us. So you have to kind of read this stuff. And it went on for several hours one night, and then it went on yesterday. And it was just unnerving me um, that these people, this is a, a, a team communication platform. And then it hit me um, when I was in such a bad mood um, why why it was bothering me because how many times have I put something on social media and waited for that validation or that approval? And when I didn't get it, it bothered me. And when I got it, I felt okay. And it's that whole concept of, of being enough and being um, good enough. Um, and when, when you put your value in how other people respond to you, then you're being self-seeking because if they don't respond then you think you're bad and you're not good enough and I don't know it's just the whole resentment thing yesterday when somebody said it this morning when somebody else is doing something you really resent a lot you know you have the problem a lot of the time and I thought oh if you spot it you got it as, as a fellow once said um th- this woman what's bothering me about what she's doing is something that I've done over and over so um Anyway, I just think the 10-step process is so amazing to be able to talk about it with somebody else and work through it. And then a lot of times I see that that these very things that are just eating me up um, are problems that I have and things that I do. So it's very liberating, and um, it brings back my sense of peace once I can work through it on a 10-step. So that's all I have, and I hope everyone has a great weekend, and um, I pass. Thanks for saying. Next up is Chuck K, followed by On M. Morning, Russ. It's Chuck K from Georgia. I'm a compulsive overeater. Hope everybody's going to have a good Friday. And uh, I was given two and a half hours to do my step four the last time I did it. And I thought, they've got to be crazy. I can't believe I'm supposed to get this done this quickly. And I don't think it's going to work. But I did what I was told, and it worked. And what I learned is there's a wonderful transformation that begins to happen with step four. You know, this is a skill. we got to practice this skill, and we're going to learn that later. We're going to get – but first we're going to get to learn some new information about ourselves. 
And that information is found in the columns, I think. You know, I was working the steps all my life. I was in column one and two of step four. I could always tell you who they were and what they did to me. And I spent my life talking about that. I could tell you at any time what somebody did to me in this particular day. And I got a payoff from that. I got to be poor, pitiful Chuck. They're picking on Chuck. They don't like him. They're showing them how much they don't like him and all of these things. And I would get a, I would get a feeling, a comfortable feeling of, of that martyr uh, victim mentality. And I enjoyed it. Well, now I'm looking at, in column three and four, I'm looking at the truth of, of all of these things. And that awareness that, that this is stuff just going on in my head. I don't know what other people think. Even if they tell me outright, they may be lying. People lie all the time. And so this transformation begins with step four, getting me out of the problem, column one and two, getting me into the solution, column three and four. How am I being affected? How's this stuff impacting me? How is this my fault? Where are my character defects? Because that's the information that I can get some help with through the higher power of my understanding. I can give those things away. And in the later steps, I learn how to do that. So for me, it was jarring to have to do step four so quickly. But what I began to understand is it's the constant repetitive work that's going to that's gonna bring me recovery. It's not when I do step four and I'm done and I don't touch this work anymore. It's when I build on that step four, particularly when I get into the maintenance step, or the uh, step 10, 11, and 12, which we'll get to later on. Because I've got that old enemy, that ego. That ego is out there every day instructing me on how I should behave, how I should blame other people, how I should look at them. And if I'm not working these steps every day as directed, without fail, my ego is going to go, oh, I got him. It's just a matter of time before I get him back into the food. And that's really what I want to do. I don't want to do something right. consistently and intentionally. I want to do it one and done and, and be done with it. Thanks for letting me share. Everybody have a great day. Thanks, Chuck. Before we take on, just let you know where we're at. We're on page 65, and we're reading uh, from my employer to page 66, ending our moments of triumph. Or should live. So on M. Hi, Rust. It's on M here from Ireland. Gracefully recovered from post Can you hear me okay, Rust? Perfect. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And thank you for taking the meeting. Uh, yeah, great paragraph again. And uh, every time I read those examples, those three examples or four examples, uh, you know, of a step four uh, resentment, I always wonder about that fourth column where it is. And uh, yeah, because I know that's the turnaround and that's where all the, you know, the change and the transformation happens. And it just says under, you know, later on, we read it's a couple of paragraphs, maybe two or three paragraphs down. It says we were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. And that was a hard part for me. You know, it was like it was like we shared during the week, you know, what's the purpose of doing a resentment sheet or what's the purpose of doing a step four? And it is for me to get free. And it's that part where you know, I have to know who I am and I know that I cannot, I cannot harbor, I cannot keep resentments, 
they're too absolutely way above my budget. I don't have credits to keep them. I can't afford them. And they'll lead me back, right back, either to my destructive behavior. And uh, that would just lead me back to the food eventually, which is where I am absolutely not wanting to go. It's just death for me when I go there. And, you know, it's just that last part, you know, it says sometimes we sometimes it was remorse and then we were sore at ourselves. Yeah, and that just really shows the shines the light on this disease, you know, that if we're not acting outwards, it will be inwards. And that's where my anger will go. You know, if it doesn't come out in outward, you know, to other people, I will start turning on myself. And it's just another form of the disease. It's the double edge of this, of the double edged sword. And the food is just around the corner when that happens. And the part at the end where it says, our moments of triumph were short-lived. Yeah, short-lived, you know. There might be a five-second, a bit like the food. When I pick up the food, that five-second hit. But by God, does that bounce back, you know, bang straight into the food and into that pit. And that is where I just die. And I really die in there. And I can't get out of it. You know, I just cannot get out of it. And it's it's the safest thing for me not to even touch and go in there. Um, yeah, love as well. You know, the parts where we concluded that others were wrong as far as, as most of us ever got. You know, going that far. Yeah, I can't, you know, I can't stay there. I can't harbor resentment. And that's why I need a program. And I need a program all the time because I will have defects. I have defects that come up repetitively and I need a program. And I'm human, but I am a compulsive overeater who cannot keep these. So that's why I need need to do resentment sheets. That's why I need a step four and to continue in step 10. So with that, I leave it. And thank you again, Ross, for your service. And with that, I pass. Thanks, Arm. So... We have about five minutes left, so Kathy and Leslie could spit, split uh, two and a half minutes apiece. That would be great. Kathy C., you're up. Good morning. Thank you. My name is Kathy C. I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Montreal, Canada. Yeah, the line here, it says that the usual outcome was that people continue to wrong us and we stay sore. So basically, I'm just looking at their inventory and I stayed sore, which means I stayed in that resentment, right? It grew and grew as I had now more evidence to put against them. See, happens again. See, look at them. This is happening again. Oh. And this again, fighting, trying to have my own way, trying to justify, you know, my pain, my my anger. It's their fault. But it only really matters only got worse. Um, it only seems sometimes that victory, you know, sorry, as in a war, the victor only seemed to win. So we might have a conversation, we might have like, you know, a discussion, but it was never pleasant. You know, that's the delusion, thinking I have to let them know what I'm feeling. But really at the end, we really both hurt our feelings. Nothing ever wonderful maybe came out of it, right? They were short-lived. That means it happened again because I had no no way of, of, of getting out of this. I didn't know how to get out of myself, Um and the reason why why we have to look at this, seeing how I I, I choose to stay sore, because I don't want to look at another way. So the obsession is really that I think my way is the way, and I keep going back to that. Um, and the only way I'm going to get out of that, right, to have this, 
you know, uh, overcome this spiritual malady is really to do the steps of inventory here, 429, to have God's vision come in, to look at things differently as they are, not as I see them. Because as I see them, again, it's very self-centered, you know. Um, so apart from the, the food, right, the body, I have analogy of the body and obsession of the mind, you know, my real problem is that, 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 that you know, those bedevilments, right, and that's the unmanageability. And there's where I need the spiritual aid, the solution. You know, so I need to do the work so I could really see, as, as, really see what, it, what is and love what is, not how I think it should be. There's where the work is. There's where I need God. And I'm done. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Kathy. Appreciate it. Leslie, you got two and a half minutes. Thank you, Russ. Thank you for your service. Leslie W., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Tennessee. Um, so if I was just coming into this meeting um, thinking that I had a problem with food, um, I would be thoroughly confused by all of this talk about resentments um, and delusions of self. And yet once I can make a connection between uh, understanding that my problem with food is really just a reaction to my maladjustment to life, it becomes apparent um, why this is so vital to my recovery. And it is easy for me to see how resentment is the number one offender. Because if I can delude myself into thinking that other people, other circumstances um, are, are what's causing my problem, then I can justify my compulsive overeating. I can justify it. You know, I can justify picking up that jar of peanut butter and diving in because my husband is not following my script. And for me, it doesn't, I'm at a point where it doesn't even so much matter. Um, <laughs> it doesn't even matter to me. It doesn't even really matter at the end of the day. <sighs> Columns number one and two um, really, really can just be a blank a line, a line, just a fill in the blank, fill in the blank, Leslie, because if it's, if it's not something, if it's, if it's not one thing, it's another, right? Because, because there is no end, there is no end to my selfishness. There is no end to, you know, what it talks about on page 64, selfishness, self-centeredness, that we think is the root of our troubles. You know, I can be driven by a hundred forms of fear, self, and for me, self-righteousness, self-delusion, self-seeking, and self-pity, which is resentment turned inward. And so I know that for me today, what's most important, if I want to be happy, joyous, and free, I got to get to that. I got to get to that fourth column. I, I got to get there because if I don't, and that's, we haven't gotten there yet, but for me, I have to look at that. I have to really move past the, the first two, two columns and get to the root of my problem because I want to get that root out because I want to be happy and joyous and free. I don't want to walk Time. around. I don't want to walk around with that misery. So with that, I pass. Thanks, Leslie. You're last share for today. And I thank everyone who shared. And uh, please join us for a second hour that's unrecorded of a big book study at 8 following immediately following the closing so today's share id for june 18th friday june 18th is 
17,177. That's 17177. We will now close the re- with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Well, Lauren N., please read A Vision for You. Our book is meant to be suggestive only, up to keep you until then. Good morning, Russ. Good morning, all visionaries. Lauren N. from New York, Compulsive Overeater Sugar Addict. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. And the answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.